Welcome to this midweek message of the Between the Dream podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor Jr., reporting to you live here from the Workhorse HQ in Edmonds, Washington. I hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you've had a great week up until this point, and I definitely hope that it gets better and better for you, whether it's been good or not. I hope that you have a better second half than you did with the first. I am so excited for today's conversation. We are moving into day seven of the 31 days of power, right? And this conversation is going to be so needed, I personally believe, for everyone, because I think that there are some things trait-wise that we maybe have overlooked when it comes to this particular conversation. And I just want us to dive into it so that we can be better about our mental health within this particular subject. But before we get into that, I want to first say thank you to all of our new listeners or maybe some of our newer listeners who are tuning in to this episode. Thank you so much for your support. I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And don't forget to leave a great review as well. Positive reviews help so much with the podcast. And then, of course, for my dream team. For those of you all who have been around for any length of time, thank you so much for your continued support. I ask that if the podcast has been helping you, not only that you share it, but hey, whatever platform you're listening on, give us a great review. Let us know how we're doing. We'll love to hear from you. So today, as we start this day seven for the podcast, I want to actually read a small snippet of today's conversation before we actually dive into this new series and new space of conversation. And so um, in chapter seven, third paragraph down, I say Adina Banks Lee, who is a licensed clinical social worker, she defines vicarious trauma as indirect trauma that can occur when we are exposed to difficult or disturbing images or stories secondhand, right? And so this was an um, article that she had done in psychology today a few years ago. And then I go on to say, initially, this was a form of trauma that you would see a lot of therapists, counselors, social workers, service men and women, and even educators deal with as they tend to work with people who experience some form of trauma. However, with the explosion of technology, this is something all of us get a chance to witness, whether it comes through the form of seeing someone's life being taken on social media, um, different forms of abuse, or something that has a viewer discretion notation attached to it. The truth is that with today's advances, we are able to not only witness the trauma, but also be immediately negatively impacted by seeing trauma. I believe that the more we're exposed to it, the more we become desensitized. When this happens, we carry the weight from the trauma produced by our secondhand experience from whatever the traumatic moment we were exposed to. There is no set time limit on how long it takes for the exposure of vicarious trauma or secondary trauma to have an impact on our mental health. And I'm going to stop right there and pause for the cause for today's conversation, which is being able to identify secondary or vicarious trauma in your life. And this conversation, like I said, at one point in time, you know, we used to refer to this as a trauma that people specifically in in realms of working with other people would deal with. But I do believe that this is a conversation we can all take from, right? And let's just backtrack, right? We are now in mid-March, which essentially this time a year ago, was really the start of a life change for so many of us, right? And with that being the case, what we got a chance to witness throughout this whole pandemic and with 
the quarantine aspect and with life changing is that to a degree we saw a form of trauma when it came to the fact that our control was stripped from us as it pertains to how we moved, flowed, and functioned in our daily lives, right? And so when this happened, whether we've acknowledged it or not, um, it caused us to kind of have to deal with ourselves in a deeper way, right? But then as we had to kind of be put on hold and put on pause with everything that had taken place from quarantining and kind of just being hunkered down, the next thing that you notice is that we were able to see on TV, on social media, throughout every news platform, several different moments that shifted our lives and maybe for some of us, our mindsets, right? Um, when you talk about the murder of Ahmaud Arbery um, kind of sitting right there in front of us, and it's not like we hadn't seen this stuff before, but with us not having as many things to keep us distracted with this quarantine, I believe many more of us, you know, we really didn't have much else to see. And then we had the George Floyd murder. And then we had the Breonna Taylor conversations as her news started to, to take fold. And then we got a chance to see people's ugly when it came to a lot of back and forth throughout the country, when it came to um, the conversation around supremacists, when it came to conversation around individuals who were causing strife, um, you know, throughout these different protests and all this other stuff. And so one of the things that we didn't realize, I think, because we were so engulfed in it, is that each of these incidents were actually a moment of trauma that we were able to take in, so to speak, from a secondhand type of space, right? Now, this is just, these are just a few examples, but the point that I'm getting at is that these are the examples that I can give that were more, you know, international, more just where everybody saw it, right? But that's just one portion. We had our own traumas from things that we got a chance to maybe experience, and maybe it didn't directly affect us. Maybe it affected a family member. Maybe it affected a friend. You knew somebody who caught COVID, and maybe they almost didn't make it, and you got a chance to just kind of see the lull of that ugly moment, or maybe they didn't make it, and you're dealing with the grief and the loss. The reality is, is that when we talk about this vicarious trauma piece, right, whether it is something that has affected you from a standpoint of you witnessed it firsthand, so to speak, but it wasn't directly towards you, or whether it was somebody that you were connected to and because of the love and the affection and the affinity that you have for them, they were affected, which of course in turn affects you. And I just wanna give you all some encouragement today as we get ready to dive into this chapter and I give you some you know, very practical ways to start dealing with vicarious trauma. I just wanna first encourage you to start taking a look back and say, wow, have I found myself in a space where I've been dealing with some triggers or some anxieties, right? That's what we just finished talking about with the day six. But have I found myself dealing with certain things that I did not really know where they came from or what they were associated with, but maybe they have something to do with me having some form of secondary trauma? Have I been a friend or a, a person who has kind of been the go-to for everybody else and because of this, they come and lay their problems and their issues on me and uh, maybe they're not expecting you per se to be their fixer or to fix it, but maybe their expectation is that you prevent, present, excuse me, and or provide something 
that could be a benefit to them. And because of this, they come to you and you didn't realize that each conversation as they're sharing sad things, as they're sharing some of their heart issues, as they're sharing whatever it is that they might be experiencing in this moment as the buildup of what you've been taking in from them has constantly happened, you are now an individual who is dealing with some of those pieces that usually resort back to vicarious trauma, right? And if so, listen, there's no judgment because here's the reality. We are all human, right? This is such a real thing. And because many of us do care and we we have that, that badge of empathy around us, right? It can be very, very easy for us to, to completely miss this part and not realize its effects on our lives, right? And um, I'm next, the next um, podcast episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, um, the symptoms even more, but I can't just leave you with nothing today on that side, because if I'm going to challenge you to maybe um, pay attention to, have there been some spaces where you have actually dealt with the secondary or vicarious trauma? Like I can't just leave you high and dry, right? So some things I want you all to consider when it comes to like symptoms, right? They can include things like disturbances in your sleep pattern or like even restlessness, right? Um, being easily startled and very jumpy. Um, you might notice yourself like having a higher threshold when it comes to like just anxiety or maybe you're panicking more when it comes to certain things. Are you struggling when it comes to concentrating, right? Um, maybe in your day-to-day task or in certain moments and times, right? Um, one of the things I talked about in the book was how many of the people that I had talked to about these different types of trauma they had witnessed have mentioned feeling helpless and even hopeless, right? And these are some symptoms as well, right? Uh, obviously, depression, sadness, anxiety, the fear aspect is there. Depending on the trauma that you have taken in during the secondary role, you could also experience like a form of survivor's guilt, right? Right. And this is, um, I think for many of us, we got to understand that this one isn't uncommon either, right? When you talk about witnessing situations that might um, be either very close to home or something that you experienced and were able to overcome and walk away from, and maybe someone else wasn't, right? Like these are just a few of these things and that I want to at least get you to consider and think about because with these different symptoms and with these different signs, what we don't always recognize is that this is actually the start to how we can become triggered, right? And in this, it can lead us into a downward spiral sometimes, right? And so I just want to, I want to get you all at least warmed up with this conversation first, right? Start thinking through in the last year, in your past, wherever you are, maybe even in this current year, um, have you experienced some vicarious trauma? Have you experienced maybe some survivor's guilt? Have you experienced that burnout or that sluggishness that comes from the fact that you have been being the strong friend, the strong person, the the individual that has to take care of others? Are you the educator that has a classroom full of students and while you are still taking care of your own stuff as you are on virtual or maybe getting back into face-to-face with your students, you find yourself in a position where you're taking in some of their issues because of the fact that you're with them throughout the day for several hours and maybe you're getting a chance to see how some of them live, right? Are you the therapist, the counselor, right? Are you the individual, the psychologist, 
psychologist who has a list of clientele. Maybe you're running your own practice. And in this, you find yourself having to take in some of the things that, you know, your clients are bringing in. And maybe you haven't discussed it. Maybe you've just been working so hard, 10 toes down in the ground and not realizing that you haven't taken a second to just come up for air. Right. This conversation is for you as well. Maybe you're the family member, the the parent, the the sibling, the child who is taking in more of, you know, somebody else's um, issues in the house. And it's starting to affect you because you're seeing the decline. You're seeing how we can start to make a difference in the daily patterns within your home. No matter who you are or where you are, this conversation is for all of us, because at some point in time, we are met with being encountered um, by individuals or moments and experiences where we get a chance to see certain traumas, whether we've identified it as a trauma or not, because for some of us, it's not going to come down to watching somebody get murdered, right? It's not going to always come down to witnessing a violent act or seeing an almost like deadly car accident, right? For some of us, it could be as simple as the people that you're serving are struggling and you don't really have a ton of tools to help them, but you're trying your best and you're beating, being beat down in the process. Whatever it might be as a parent, looking after your children and doing all that you can, but understanding that there are some things that they can only learn through life lessons and time. No matter where we are, guys, I just wanna let you know that you are seen before we even start to further into this conversation. You are seen, you are cared for, and if this is your experience, I just want you to know that it's okay and that you are not alone. We're going to dive deeper into this over the next two weeks. And I want you to be able to ask questions. I want you to be able to reach out to me. So please feel free to hit me up, Jr. on Instagram, Richard L. Taylor Jr. on Facebook and LinkedIn at TrulyTaylorMade on Twitter. And of course, my website is richardtaylorjr.com. Listen, if this is helpful to you, if you believe that it will be helpful to somebody else, don't forget to share it. Don't forget to reach out to me. I'm looking forward to having a greater conversation with you as we learn to start championing and overcoming some of this vicarious and secondary trauma. As always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream.